Chapter Three of Molly Brown's Senior Days by Nell Speed. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Gossip over the teacups. The gloom that had been hanging over Wellington since Professor Green's illness gradually lifted as the young man steadily improved. Each morning, Molly received the latest news from one of the nurses miss grace was never visible she was sitting up at night with her brother and slept during the day one morning molly encountered not the day nurse but miss alice fern in the hall of the infirmary she was dressed in white linen and might have been taken for a postgraduate nurse except that she wore no cap miss fern had a cold greeting for molly and for judith blunt also who presently joined them edwin is much better she informed them he is seeing people now isn't he asked judith eagerly miss fern stiffened no she answered only me and his brother and sister of course she added this as an afterthought it will be many weeks before he is allowed to see any of the wellington people the doctor is particularly anxious for him not to be reminded of his work excitement would be very dangerous for him is that what the doctor says or is that your verdict alice put in judith who had small liking for the professor's cousin on the other side of the family i'm in entire authority here answered miss fern in such a hostile tone that molly felt as if they had been accused of forcing their way into the sick-room i am nursing during the day in conjunction with the infirmary nurse why don't you wear a cap alice asked judith tauntingly it would make you look more like the real thing with a hurried excuse molly hastened out of the hall it went against her grain to be involved in the quarrels of alice fern and judith blunt she was walking rapidly toward the village when she heard judith's voice behind her calling wait and i'll walk with you i see you're going my way i had to stay and give a last dig to that caddy alice fern she added breathlessly catching up with molly molly smiled she didn't know but that she agreed with judith but it was not her way to call people cats i'm so glad you arranged to take the postgrad judith she began as they started down the avenue isn't it great answered judith exultingly it's all madeline's doing you know we've had a wonderful summer molly almost the first summer i can remember when i wasn't bored what have you two been up to molly asked with some curiosity the cloak of enthusiasm was a new one for judith to wear and it was very becoming to her molly thought we've been making money judith announced with sparkling eyes i've made almost enough to carry me through another year here goodness molly thought how the world does change think of the proud judith working and then telling me about it me whom she used to detest 
it's been jolly fun too and i didn't mind the work a bit i hope you made a great deal remarked molly not liking to ask too many questions but burning to know how money had been made by a girl who had once stamped her foot and declared she would never work for a living a friend of brother richard's an actor lent him his bungalow on the coast for the summer and mamma and madeline and i spent four months in it with richard down for the weekends it was a pretty bungalow with a big living room and a broad piazza at the back looking right out to sea and madeline conceived the notion of opening a tea-room there richard was willing and so was mamma and we started in right away madeline had all sorts of schemes for advertising in the post office and at the general store and at last we had a sign painted and hung out in front on the post the coast road goes by the house and streams of automobiles are passing all day long so that we began to have lots of customers immediately i don't know how it happened but it was sort of a fashionable meeting place for all the people in the neighborhood pretty soon we had to buy dozens of little blue teapots and crates of cup and saucers and plates even mamma helped with the sandwiches and richard too when he could come down but you should have seen madeline every afternoon she put a cap and apron and turned waitress she served everybody she was the neatest quickest prettiest little waiting maid you ever saw mamma and i worked in the kitchen filling orders sometimes the sandwiches would give out and then mamma and i and bridget our irish maid who has stayed with us through everything would slice bread like mad madeline knew dozens of different ways of making sandwiches we used to make up dishes of fillings ahead of time and keep them on ice sometimes at night we were so tired we'd simply fall into bed but we succeeded beyond our wildest dreams and we had a splendid time in spite of the hard work i think you are wonderful cried molly i should never even have hoped to make anything like that go it's madeline who is the wonder broke in judith loyally she has the brains and energy of a real genius are you down at o'reilly's this winter i haven't seen either one of you to speak to before oh yes we have the same old rooms i'm working up in two or three different subjects and taking a course in physical culture with a view to teaching it you know we are going to open a school madeline and i where demanded molly filled with interest in her old-time enemy schemes we don't know yet it may be in the south madeline has two more years here i shall go to paris next year for a course at the sorbonne so that i shall be up in french by the time we are ready to start molly was almost too amazed over the change in madeline had wrought in judith to comment politely 
on the glowing future judith mapped out for herself she recalled how judith had once insulted the little southern girl at a sophomore ball and she remembered how madeline had said i shall make a friend of her yet you'll see i wish i could make plans and stick to them molly thought how can i ever get anywhere when i don't even know where i want to get if i am not to teach school then what am i to do many times a day molly asked herself this question there were times during the summer when she heard the call still infinitely far away to write and on hot afternoons when the others were napping she would steal down to the big cool parlor with a pencil and pad here in the quiet of the darkened room with strained mind and thoughts on tiptoe for inspiration she would try to write but the stories were crude and childish sometimes she would read over professor green's letter of advice about writing be as simple and natural as if you were writing a letter he had said and her efforts to be natural and simple were invariably elaborately studied and self-conscious i don't see why i want to do what i can't do she would cry with despair in her heart and then the next day perhaps she would try it again so it was that molly had a feeling of unrest that was quite new to her it was like entertaining a stranger within the gates to admit this unfamiliar spirit into her mind and now as she parted with judith with a friendly handclasp she felt the dissatisfaction more keenly than ever before her errand in the village that afternoon was really to call on mrs murphy who you will recall was once housekeeper for queens for many months the good soul had been laid up with rheumatism and for the sake of old times the queen's girls plied her with attentions the murphys now lived in a small cottage near the depot and they were exceedingly poor since the office of baggage master brought in only a small pay but mrs murphy crippled as she was her fingers knotted at the joints like the limbs of an old apple trees managed to keep her room shining with neatness and it's glad i am to see you miss exclaimed the good woman much aged since the days at queen's she led molly through a little hallway into the kitchen opening upon a small garden now bright with rows of cosmos graceful and delicate in color and brilliant masses of vari-colored ragged chrysanthemums it's the little japanese lady that tended my garden for me all summer miss she may be a haven but she's as good as gold our blessed mother herself could not have been kinder molly's heart was filled with admiration for otoyo who instead of moping about by herself all summer had been making herself useful i'm ashamed she thought madeline and judith and otoyo all make me feel awfully ashamed in the meantime mrs murphy had spread a cloth 
on the little kitchen table and laid out her best cups and saucers it was her heart's delight to drink tea with the young ladies and how is the poor gentleman mr edwin i mean he's getting better every day mrs murphy and i'm that glad to hear the news it would have been a sad day for the poor young lady if she had lost him though may the holy mother forgive me for saying it she's not good enough for the loikies of him i'm thinking let me pour the tea for you mrs murphy molly interposed taking the blue teapot out of mrs murphy's crippled hands after it had been filled with boiling water what young lady did you say it was she asked presently her eyes on a tea-leaf swirling round and round in her cup tis miss fern the gentleman's cousin and they do say they're to be married before spring i'm not saying she ain't pretty miss she's prettier than most and she's kind to the gentleman oh you may be sure but she's got a different set of banners for him and the day she had tea here with little miss sen and the professor she was all graces to be sure but another day she was here to meet him and little miss sen brought the message he could not come it was a regular spitfire she was that day miss and no mistake so that was why the professor had wanted the blue paperweight perhaps there was some reason in his delirium after all have you seen her miss asked mrs murphy oh yes answered molly i think she is very pretty may i look at your garden mrs murphy dear little otoyu i can see her working out here in the flowers don't you just love her mrs murphy but the irish woman had gone into the next room to get an old pair of shears i'll take it as a favor miss molly if you'll cut two bunches one for yourself and one for the professor god bless him and the saints preserve him for strength and happiness though i ain't saying i wish him to be preserved for miss alice fern pretty though she be when molly appeared at the hospital some half an hour later she made a picture the infirmary nurses would soon not forget these are for professor green from mrs murphy molly said giving the nurse the largest half of the bunch the nurse gave her a long quizzical look she was new at wellington and not familiar with the girls are you miss molly brown she asked suddenly why yes answered molly surprised i thought so said the nurse and departed before the astonished molly could say another word End of chapter three